everybody. Thanks for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. Today we're talking with the new head basketball coach at Maryville University and a former Northwest Missouri State Bearcat men's basketball player. That is Jesse Shaw. We're excited to talk with Jesse today, obviously taking over a program there in the GLVC and looking forward to big things for him as he goes along. But uh, still some tight connections with Northwest Missouri State University, a lot of friendships that go back here uh, to the city of Maryville on the west side of the state. And he's even bringing on a former Northwest Missouri State men's basketball coach, the winningest coach in Bearcat men's basketball history. That is Steve Tatmeyer will be Jesse's assistant, one of his assistants this upcoming year at Maryville University. So we talk a little bit about that his new gig, but also going into his relationships here with Northwest Missouri State and some big games that he played in, including that uh, 2004 Sweet 16 game that he knocked down the game winner over Drury, a 62-59 win to get the Bearcats into the Elite Eight. So the first two Elite Eights Northwest Missouri State men's basketball ever reached, Jesse Shaw was a part of those. We'll talk to him about that and much, much more here on Bearcat Rewind. Our show today brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And Mosaic Medical Center Maryville. Mosaic provides orthopedics and sports medicine services. For more information, mymosaiclifecare.org slash sports. We spoke with Coach Shaw about his time at Northwest Missouri State as a player, his rise through the coaching ranks, and much, much more. Jesse Shaw is our guest on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Well, today on Bearcat Rewind, we are joined by Jesse Shaw, the new head coach at Maryville University, going into his first year there, but also a former Northwest Missouri State Bearcat basketball player. Coach Shaw, we appreciate you coming on, and congratulations on the new gig. Hey, I'm glad to be here, and I appreciate you guys taking the time and having me on. What's this been like? Obviously, you have a, a season to get ready for, so much to do to, to get your new team prepared and make sure that you can have the bearings of uh, your the team that's coming back at Maryville, but also recruiting, all that going on. While at the same time, we obviously have a pandemic going on. How have you handled everything through uh, this point in the off season? Well, I mean, I think we'll find out, you know, next winter when we're playing games how well I handle it. But, you know, I think I'm just, just doing the best I can. It's uh it's obviously it's it's really hard to connect with the current team when you can't really meet them in person and don't have that spring time where I can work with them a little bit and just be around them and kind of see how they work and get a get a vibe for each other so we don't have that um I do know obviously being in the same city in the same league I had probably as good of a feel for the team as you can have in the situation, just because a number of these guys we we recruited at Umsel, um, we we uh, Coach Stricker and Coach Sumbold. Coach Stricker played for Coach Sumbold at uh, University of Missouri Kansas City UMKC, and uh, so they we went out to Tiffin. We were in the same classic, and I watched Maryville, and then Maryville came over to our classic at Umsel, and then they were my scouting report, so. I had a really good, have a really good read on them, you know, as, as playing as them people. But it's just different when you're around them every day. Uh, you know, it's just, it's not the same. But I think that we're managing the best we can. You know, I try to call them and stay in touch with them, and I'll send them like a group message. I'll send them my workouts in the morning just to kind of motivate them and see, uh, you know. And then we talk, we talk on the phone, but it's just hard right now. There's just not a lot. Lot you can do, you know. So, 
Uh, but then in terms of recruiting is obviously extremely important. We have uh, seven guys coming back for sure right now. And, uh, but so we, I mean, we can't even, we're not even close to being able to play five on five yet. So just kind of beating up the phone lines, watching a lot of synergy, watching a lot of huddle, uh, trying to find, uh, trying to find players because, you know, we can't do any visits right now. And I mean, we can't go see anybody in person. So you're relying on your, your eyes on the, on the, uh, you know, on synergy and huddle and, and people's evaluations and, and that's about all we can do. So, you know, it might it may end up being a great thing. You know, there might be more players available late because schools are closing and maybe kids don't want to pull the trigger on signing anywhere yet. Or, you know, it might be a horrible thing. There was a lot of high school guys that I liked that came off the board before I even got the job. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I guess we'll just kind of find out here in, in November, December, January, February what we got done you know jesse i would think from uh, just a personal standpoint of uh, taking over as a head coach it really is an ideal situation for you where you don't have to move the family and especially with the pandemic going on too where uh, some of these things might be a little more difficult even but uh, family gets to stay in st louis and it's just uh, maybe a, a, a different commute for you but outside of that it, it really seems like it, it's a great situation for you oh i think i mean i think it you never know everything's got it's warts, but, you know, in terms of realistically, I think it was about as, as realistic of a great situation as I could ask for. Um, when you pull up maps on, on the iPhone, it actually says that Maryville is uh, a minute shorter drive for me than UMSL, which I don't think that's probably happened very often in the history of college basketball coaching. So, you know, that's pretty cool. We don't have to move. we we might move, but we don't really have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, there's a be a head coach in the same city. We've grown to love St. Louis. We we really know the league, and I mean, I just don't know how it could have realistically worked out much better. So um, that's the good thing. I mean, the bad thing is, is right now I'm back to kind of where I battled the last number of years is you know uh, a lack a lack of tradition. So trying to get recruits to to uh, believe that we can and, and and we'll do this here like uh, we were able to do at UMSL and, and like I did at Pratt before, um, just trying to get guys to believe in me. And, and I think that if they would come to the campus, they would see how, how uh, you know, that it's on the upswing, that a lot of good things have happened in the recent years. Uh, we have unbelievable athletics facilities being built and um, – you know, I wish you could get a kid on there and see it, but it is what it is. We have some really good virtual tours that we send guys, and you know, just trying to trying to uh, tell them what we what we think we can do. Well, you mentioned that you got that head coaching experience at Pratt before that, from eleven to sixteen, and you won a region uh, championship while you're there, and moving on to be an assistant at Umsol and. Um, coming off a fantastic year, 27-6 overall, regular season champs. You're heading into the NCAA tournament before that's wiped out by the pandemic. But did it feel like, you know what, with the background you had as a head coach before, the good things you've done at Umsel the last four seasons, that it was just kind of time and you're just looking for that right situation to be a head coach once again? Yeah, it's uh, it, it felt like it was the right time. Um, you know, I, I'm a guy that it's really important to me that, then I finished the job that I start, and, uh, you know, at UMSL, I felt like we had a job to do, and the first three years, 
it didn't really feel like it was quite right to leave. Um, and then the flip side of that is, is I don't know that I could have gotten the right jobs at those, those times. I didn't really, I'm not really big into making moves just to make moves. And I don't really want to move, you know, laterally. I, I want it to be an obvious good step because I, I struggled to leave, leave people behind. And, and this one just kind of came along at the right time where I felt like, you know, we had, we had, we had left our mark on UMSL and, I just felt like it was too good of an opportunity to pass up at the same time, so it just kind of worked out perfectly, and, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the future holds. You know, uh, Jesse, when you look at your resume, you've had an opportunity to uh, either play for or be a assistant under some very good uh, Division II uh, coaches, and also with that head coaching experience you have as well. I imagine there are a lot of things that you can take into your new position. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, playing for Coach Tapp at Northwestern Missouri. If you go back and look, I mean, he's what he's done in the history of Division Two basketball, especially in this in this area, I mean, it's uh, it's up there with just about anybody. And uh, uh, you know, then going to Emporia State with Ben, uh, you know, obviously what he's doing right now is is I mean, it's almost unparalleled. I went back through the history books and and looked, and there's only probably three or four coaches in the history of. Division two that you could even argue have had a better have have come close to what he's done the last four years, um, and then Coach Mo Ben and I learning from Coach Mo. I mean, he he was a genius. He was he was really fun. He was he was uh, you know very offensive minded, where Tap was very defensive minded, and it was just great to see just a whole new world and kind of cut your coaching teeth with him and. And then, uh, you know, I, w- I worked for Trevor Rolfs at, at uh, Pratt Community College for three years, and he, uh, he did a great job there, and he ended up going on to be an AD, and he didn't have a lot of Division II experience, but I learned a lot in coaching from him. Uh, that was probably, to be honest, the, the, by far the most competitive recruiting I've been involved with was Kansas Jayhawk recruiting um, because we were only able to play six out-of-state kids and the rest of them had to be from Kansas, and Kansas doesn't have a huge population, and um, you know, so we're trying to beat out all these schools for for these Kansas kids, and we only had books and tuition scholarships to offer them. And at the end of the day, we're going up against teams that have, you know, they might have five guys going playing BCS conferences, and we played against a couple NBA guys in the Jayhawk. I mean, it was it was extremely extremely competitive recruiting there and Trevor kind of showed me the ropes and then coach Sumbold, I mean, he's got, he's been, he's been everywhere. He, he worked for Norm Stewart, Larry Eustachy, uh, run, he was head coach of central Missouri, UMKC. I mean, he knows anybody and everyone. He's got, uh, unbelievably unique, uh, take and it, just his experience. When you talk about certain things, he's got, he's seen different sides of it seen it done different ways and his stories are unbelievable so he just added uh, you know a lot of wisdom in terms of basketball coaching and and in the coaching profession not just the game but he's he had so much insight on the coaching profession it's been a it's been a great four years working for him and they're all great guys to be around too i enjoy being around all those guys so it's been uh it's been a nice ride i think it's prepared me for for where i'm at now well, I think a lot of young coaches going into it and in that head coaching role might see uh, 
a Hall of Fame head coach or a mentor and maybe not want to bring them around because um, maybe they think that they're going to get run over and get steamrolled and it, it could be a difficult situation. Obviously, you must have a, a good relationship still there with Coach Tatmeyer, released a little bit earlier this week. He's going to be on your coaching staff. Uh, what's that mean to you, and what was that conversation like of bringing him aboard? Well, um, you know, first part of it, what does it mean? I mean, I just think, you know, with his abilities and his resume, he does not need to be an assistant coach. Um, he could very well have continued to be a head coach and could probably get – you know, he could probably be in on a lot of jobs in the GLVC and the MIAA. So, you know, him uh, believing in me enough to to work you know, with me, I, I think that's uh, the world. And, you know, a lot of people on the peripheral, uh, when they see a hire like that, they're, they're, they're really impressed with me, you know, because a guy like that would be willing to, to, to work for me. But, uh, Coach Tapp has, for a long time, talked to a number of us alumni just about wanting to be an assistant coach again. And, um, you know, he's he's got plenty of talent to be the head coach and the ability, obviously. Um, but I just think he he doesn't want – there's a lot more stress and, and pressure that he's dealt with for years. And, you know, he just, he just kind of wanted to get back in and, and be a part of it, but not be, you know, 100% consumed with it every night when you go to bed. And I think with Maryville being about 45 minutes from where he grew up in Owensville and and myself being a, an alum and, and having, you know, a lot of connections to Northwest and, you know, Ben, when going to employ with Ben and being really close with him. And then having that Umsel connection. I mean, Coach Tapp worked at Umsel and I, 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 I was there right after him. He helped me get that job. and I just think there was a lot of checks for him that worked out really well for him to get back in it. Um, and, I mean, it's just it, it's, been a, it's been a blessing. And I think I've already had a lot of conversation with him. And it, it, he's just done. He's done everything. He's been a part of it. And being able to, to talk to him, he can, you can ask him any question and he's dealt with it. And his, his, his wisdom, I think, is just going to become – extremely valuable um but uh you know in terms of the you know hiring a guy that's that accomplished as an assistant coach anybody that knows tap knows that he is a fiercely loyal person and i mean that's something that he always demanded of his assistants and and i just i don't really have any worry about him i mean he just he's always had my back he's always had his people's back and it's just if he wanted the head coaching job at Maryville he would have went for it 100% himself um, and I, I just really think that he, he wants right now in his life to, to be in basketball and, and to go for championships and work with kids but he doesn't want all the uh, added stress of of being a head coach. You know, Jesse, it really seems like it's a similar situation from what uh, Tap had, I think, when you were playing with Skip Shear, who was a head coach at Missouri Western and Tarkio College, to name a couple places that came over and really helped out uh, Tap along the line. So it seems like kind of a similar situation that you'll have with Tap this time around. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, he, and he referenced that he's, you know, Skip Shear was a guy that he thought about getting back in on, in, a, in an assistant type of role. And, and Skip, uh, Skip was there every day. And, Skip meant a lot to us, and it was it was great to have him around. I don't know what Skip was like for Coach Tap behind the scenes, but 
you know, skipped it a lot of the subbing, subbing and he, he handled his stations and he had a lot of wisdom and he was, he was great to be around. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the role that coach tap wants to be in, take a step back, but, uh, you know, be totally involved with the season and the guys and, and get that, that part of it, but not have to handle all of the, uh, the stressful day-to-day stuff. Well, and that relationship with Coach Tapmeyer obviously stems back to your playing days at Northwest Missouri State. And uh, in your time here, the, the first two Elite Eight appearances for the Bearcats were during your career. So if you look back at it, would you say that you're probably the, the secret ingredient to getting this team over the hump and past the Sweet 16, right? <laughs> I, I, like, I like to think of it that way. <laughs> I, uh, I was hanging on to, uh, to uh, being the second winningest player in Northwest history. For a long time, I was right behind Kelvin. Kelvin had a better freshman year than I had senior year. And uh, that just got obliterated in 2017 when Snyder and, and all those guys came through. And they've won. I mean, the, the last three classes have won so many games. But, yeah, we, we would uh, we'd have our little group arguments with Bearcat alumni. I always felt like I had that that uh that card at the end of the day well you guys none of you guys won as many games as i did uh, <laughs> that's, that's gone we're talking to the younger fellows now well, you know one thing though that you can have over a lot of these guys though you look back at that uh, regional championship in 04 down in stevensville texas and went over washburn and uh, the big shot to win it there then came from jesse shaw oh yeah yeah the the thing i'll i'll take the shot but but they were leaving me in the corner to go double-team Kelvin, but I'll t- I will take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. Was, is, that, uh, is that, as you're going through that play and you get the kick out, you knock down the shot, was it drawn up that way, or were you just kind of an outlet, and if Kelvin saw you, to dish it? Uh, it, was, it was, Jesse, go set a screen for Kelvin, and then go get out of Kelvin's way, and then Kelvin got double-teamed, he threw it to me, there was about one second left, so I didn't even have a choice whether I had time to throw it back to him or not, and... So I had to shoot it, and the buzzer sounded when it was in midair, and it went through the net, and the rest is history. <laughs> how, how special were those teams to be a part of that and, and to come in as a freshman, have that winning culture there, and, and then to build on to get back there in 04 as well? You know, I mean, obviously, when you look back, the lessons that, that we learned were just it was, a, it was an unbelievable environment. The competitiveness and practice every single day, uh, you know, the standards that Coach Tapp and Coach Board and Skip and the, those guys held us to were just, you look back and you realize, and you know, when you're in it at the time, you take a lot of it for granted because, you know, this should just be the way it's done. You know, that, that makes sense. You know, we, we should have to show up on time. But, not, you know, not everybody requires and demands that people show up five minutes early or shows up on time. Not everybody demands that. You give 100% effort in everything you do. You know, and we, we just we took some of that stuff for granted. But in hindsight, I mean, it obviously trained us all well to go out in the real world and, you know, to accomplish great things. And I think that's a credit to, to Coach Tapp and, and the culture that he created and started there, you know, at Northwest Missouri. 
you know, when you look at the the two teams that made it to the lead eight that uh, you were a part of, uh, uh, really, I, when you get to the lead eight and we'll see the rest of those squads, I think Northwest, both of those years, had every bit as much talent as the teams that uh, uh, eventually made it to the championship games those years. It's just um, a couple bad games uh, in the lead eight. Uh, uh, that first one with Indiana, Pennsylvania, a close one there. But uh, in the Southern Indiana game, it just didn't seem like Northwest played the type of game you normally play over the the course of that season but uh, still just great seasons uh, to make it that far and just unfortunately just couldn't get the the win there in the lead eight. Oh yeah there's 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 no doubt i mean you look at the ncaa division one you know virginia loses in the first round one year wins the national championship the next year i mean were they really that bad in the first year and were they really that good in the second year i mean some of it comes down to bounces i mean some of the reason we were in the Elite Eight was because I made a shot at the buzzer, you know, and uh, you know, if that shot goes out and you know, one more free throw gets made on the other side, we're not even in the Elite Eight, and you know, you could go on from there. Well, once you get to that point, you, it's anybody's game usually. All those teams are extremely good, and anybody's capable of winning. And you know, I mean, we're lucky. We we're lucky to get there, but we also had to be a certain level of good and. You know, you just never know how it's going to unravel. But, I mean, we had a lot of pride in what we accomplished over our four years. And, you know, I mean, looking back, it was a, it was an amazing run. And, and there was a lot of teams after us that were plenty capable of making it through the lead eight and final four. They might just not have gotten the bounce that they needed at the right time. And, and we did. But at the same time, uh, that IUP team and, and Southern Indiana team, we, we didn't play our best games. But you got you to gotta hand it to them. They were – they probably didn't play their best game either, and they were they were they were, they were able to move on. So, I think what's a, a fun thing as well for with you guys that played at that particular time, and maybe some guys that played a little bit after you too, is how you guys uh, continued to get together in uh, summertime, go up to uh, the Cornhusker games in Nebraska, and uh, still get a chance to play together. Yeah, that's something that uh, in in two thousand two, after my freshman year. Uh, one of my buddies asked me to join his team in the corner of state games, and I went up there and played. And the next year, we uh, Austin, I brought Austin up there, and he hung out, and we slowly started adding, you know, Kelvin, Joe Principe, guys like that started playing. And, you know, about five five to six years later, it was an all-Bearcat team, and it was an annual tradition. And it's something that there's been a number of guys that have played over the years. You know, Ben plays, Andy plays. Travis Gardner, Scott Fleming, Chad Fleming, Hunter Henry, Bryson, uh, um, John Hawkins. I, I'm sure I'm leaving some guys out, but there's been a bunch of Bearcat alumni who have played in those games over the years. and It's something at the time we were just trying to, to beat the guys that played for the University of Nebraska and, and put a team together that was good enough to beat them. But in hindsight, we were doing something more important. We were basically forcing ourselves to clear a weekend every year where we would get together and catch up and you know, the value of that as you get older and look back, I mean, as you guys know, it's just, that's, it, it, as life goes on, you start losing touch with people and you're busy and they're busy and you just can't make your schedules work up and work together and it's hard to, to stay in touch. And what that's done is just allowed us to, once a year, it might be only one time a year you see those guys, but you're going to see them. And it keeps those relationships strong. And, and that's what this whole thing is all about when you look back. I mean, we all want to be, MVP, national champions, and be the man. But when you look back, you really get a degree 
and you have friendships for life, and that's what's most important. So now that uh, this has been going on a number of years, you guys spend a little bit more time stretching and uh, warming up to get ready so you don't pull some hamstrings while you're playing out there? Oh, man. So so about, it was probably five or eight years ago, we convinced uh, Nikki P., uh, the train, uh, men's basketball trainer there at Northwest, to start joining us. And, uh, I mean, people, I, I, they think it's half funny, and it's half scary, I think, when they see us now because when you see a bunch of mid-30-year-old men <laughs> with an athletic trainer over there taping on the side, it's like, man, these guys are taking it really seriously. But then it's also, man, these guys are taking it really seriously. They might, they might be kind of good. <laughs> uh, well, it, so, so you keep those relationships strong. You, you guys are still tight, and, and you still have that, that Bearcat green blood in you, even though you've had a few stops along the way now on at Maryville University. But – uh, since you do still have that relationship, can you pick up the phone and give Ben a call and say, hey, I'm a first-year head coach at Maryville now. Why don't you come play at my place this year? Because <laughs> no, I have that relationship, I'm probably going to tell him no, I don't want to play. But, <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, no, no, that's something. We, I talk to Ben uh, oh, probably three, four, five times a week, and uh, he's always he's always been there for me. He helped guide me through you know, my days at Pratt and, my days at Umsel and you know we're gonna I mean I would like to play the Bearcats right now the, the NCAA Division 2 maximum came out last night I believe and it's uh, max at 22 games and we only have two non-conference games I believe unless that changes then I don't know if I really want to play a team that's like 75-1 and one over the last two years <laughs> one of my first two games as head coach getting ready getting ready for the grueling GLVC conference schedule. But, uh, you know, it would be fun to make something happen, uh, something happen in the future. I just, I really hope it happens, or hope, I really hope it happens organically in like the national championship game, but we got a lot of work to do to, to get there, and, and they don't. We'll just pencil it in for uh, Evansville, Indiana then. <laughs> uh, Coach Shaw, we, we appreciate your time. Congratulations on, uh, on getting the new head coaching job there at Maryville University and look forward to talking to you down the road. Absolutely, and I appreciate you guys, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Jesse Shaw for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. We're hoping that he gets that Maryville University program up and running. We see the Bearcats and the Saints go out of here before long. So, again, we appreciate Coach Shaw joining us here on Bearcat Rewind, and we appreciate you listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. For John Coffey, I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.